go for it. Uh -huh. Because that's the thing about decisions. If you make yeah. them, then you can make another one and change it. It's just about making the decision and doing it. I would have a very hard time working in an organization for someone else. I would at this point in yeah. my life and that having done Same this such a long time. You have the ability to frame your own destiny, really. And yeah. the decisions that you make are your decisions. So you live and yeah. die by the decisions that you make. It's on you. You don't have to worry about what other people think, about the politics of an organization. It's just you. And you rely on yeah. you. And you build yeah. a team. And I think it's a wonderful way of life. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Anne Brown, the CEO principal of IPC. She's an entrepreneur and founding partner in Gazelle Global Research Services, LLC, a market research global sample and operations firm. Welcome to our show, Anne. Thank you so much for inviting me, Shahid. It's an honor. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I know we had some technical issues in the past, but finally got connected. Yes. Fingers That's crossed great. that it all works out today. <laughs> it should. It should. Okay. We'll, keep, we'll remain positive, right? Yes. So can you elaborate on what you do for businesses? Yes. So Gazelle is, a, as you mentioned before, it's a global sample and operations business. We're located in the United States, but we operate globally. So we do data collection, provide sample. We program and host surveys. We do data processing. We code in about 20 languages and we do translations into about 100 languages. So we serve the market research community. So market research firms, large market research firms or small entrepreneurs use us to supplement their back office services. And this could be around launching a new product, growth for their business, different yes. different sections of their business. Yes, it, our, the work that we do ranges from, as you said, product research, new product launches, where we do work in the healthcare field. So we interview doctors, patients, and caregivers, nurses, veterinarians, we work in business-to-business -business situations where we're doing research for telecommunications companies. We interview team managers, human resource managers for large corporations. We interview mm. insurance agents, all kinds of people. People are quite busy in their own world. How do you get them to actually spend time with you? to answer these questions virtually or through a system you must have, yeah. you do incentivize it or how yes. does it work? Yes. Okay. So people, so when we do work qualitatively, meaning that it's a longer interview one-on-one -on -one with an individual, not online. So in person, there is a significant incentive to pay them for their time. When we do work online, then there are promotional incentives that are provided by the sample companies. They get points or however the company provides mm. incentives to them for being online so, panelists. 
So most businesses that you work with, do they prefer the online version or is it based on the type of research that is required? That, that it's, it's, based, based on, it's based on the kind of research that's required. For instance, if you're going to work qualitatively, you're usually working mm -hmm. with a small sample size. But if you want to get a more uh, broad look at the audience that you're trying to reach, meaning that you want a significant sample of people so that you can evaluate the questions that you're asking, then you want a larger sample size. And in order to do that, you most often go online. And is the online more based on artificial intelligence or you haven't got into that yet? No, it's not based on artificial intelligence. It's still okay. an interview with a human yeah. on, online. Okay, so it's not like an online form per se. It's dynamic. Yeah, answer one question. It knows what else to ask. It's more human to human. And no, it's still, our industry is still human-based. We're not that into that, into that sphere, but who knows where mm. we're going in the future. That's, of course, yeah. there are possibilities, but chat huge GPT, possibilities. Yeah. Chat GPT is the talk of the buzz in the industry right now. So yeah. we'll see. In your industry as well? Yes. Okay. So does that excite you, artificial intelligence, to start dabbling in it? <laughs> I think it's an extremely interesting topic. How it plays out in our industry, I really don't know. We've been, I've been, our company is 30 years old this year, so it's a very exciting mm -hmm. time for us. I think that ChatGPT or programs will have their place, but I hope for our industry that we're still always talking to human beings and that we're always evaluating opinions of people that, because I think that's really those, that's the motivator for brands. They want to hear from. But it will people be people. Use their products. But the person that will be interviewed will be a human, right? But the questioning will be artificial oh. intelligence. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah. again, when artificial intelligence is able to create, as opposed to just use information that it can gather. That will mm -hmm. be an interesting time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the key challenges that you face over the years in Gazelle's journey? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there have been so many. Yeah. When it comes to the logistics of getting this information. Yeah. Everything that's going on in the world affects how we're able to do our job. SARS, mm -hmm. when there was the SARS epidemic in 2000, yeah. when we had the pandemic. Yeah. You guys went through we, it all. Uh, Many companies in our industry went out of business. All of the in-person oh, wow. interviewing, all of the in-person interviewing was halted. Companies were, uh, some people that I know closed their businesses. Other people used on, became very adept at using online programs to conduct their qualitative research. Online research, on the other hand, did well because people were home and bored and they, they were happy to do surveys. Hmm. World situations, floods. All kinds of things affect our ability to get to do work globally. Russia, so, Russia now, we used to, Russia was a good, was a country where we did lots of research. It has a, it has a huge population and they're consumers. So we did lots of work in Russia, but now with, we're unable to pay them because they're the embargo and all of the, all of the means to pay anyone who does work in Russia have been 
eliminated. We don't work there anymore. From my understanding, and this is just a guess, is the biggest industry that you work with healthcare? <laughs> it's a very big one. Yes. I wouldn't say it's the biggest, but it is a very big one. A lot of firms are completely dedicated to doing work in the healthcare and vertical. And when it comes to, for example, an entrepreneur in a small business, how would that look for them when they work with you? Say, for example, if they're looking to add on a new idea, a new product line, if you could share the steps that are involved so this, with someone like yeah, that. Yeah, this is, this is right in our wheelhouse. Mm. This is what we do for, we help people do everything except the design and the analysis part of research. Mm, so for a small entrepreneur or a small company, they don't really have the manpower internally to do the operations piece of the business. They usually do what is called outsourcing that part. Yeah. For a company that's smaller or an a singleton, an entrepreneur, where we step in and take care of all of the back end part of the job, all of the logistics of the job. So they design a study in conjunction with their end user or their client, they come to us with a questionnaire and we deliver to them report tables, which then they analyze and do a presentation with the end, with the client. And it's interesting, it can, happen, it can happen across the world. So there can be a piece in the US and then there can be pieces that, that are done globally. So if it's an international brand, let's say, and they have a question about their packaging or their I don't know how they're messaging. They can do a study, a global study, and they can do have responses from people all over the world. And then it can all be put together mm. by people like us and presented to the client uh, by the research company. I came across platforms that do this type of research where they sign on members just to give their feedback on products. So they get mailed out detergents and stuff like that they can use in their home. And they just mm -hmm. have to fill out a form and then they get paid through PayPal, whatever their system is. Are you in that realm as well or is more uh -huh. on a yeah, higher they're called, level? They're called IHUTs, in-home use tests. And we do those for clients as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if a client comes to us and they want to do an IHUD or an in-home use test, we can do that for them as well. Is it automated though through a site or they have to work with you guys? It, it is. To put it, it, all together? It, it will be partially automated, meaning that so a script will be written with the questions, as you're saying, and that those questions mm. will be available to the respondent online. So they will either pick the product up at a central location or it will be delivered to them. Then they will mm. go online and they will answer the questions about the use and then perhaps return the product or perhaps keep it, depending on how the study is planned. So I'm curious, how did you get into this industry? By chance, just almost every, a lot of people get into the industry by chance, but it's a wonderful industry. And there are programs now in colleges, the University of Georgia has one and Michigan has one that provide degrees with related to market research, but I got into it by chance. And you fell in love with it. I did. I did. Yeah. I especially like you, the global aspect of what we do. You get to learn different cultures, different types of people, information like that is pretty incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. It's mind expanding. I like that too. Yeah. It's mind expanding. It's wonderful. I attend a conference called SOMR once a year. And a lot of the people that we work with also attend. So I get to meet them in person. 
it's a wonderful industry. So when you started, did you start as an employee or you just went right in and you launched this business? Yes, I was an employee at a couple of different firms. And, and then someone who was starting up a business asked me if I wanted to join. And I said, yes. And so what I, made obviously... that decision happen to say yes? Were you always inspired by entrepreneurship? I was inspired a little bit by entrepreneurship, but I also had a young child. And I thought that it would be a great way to combine motherhood and yeah. uh, working full time if it would belong, if it was mine. Yeah. But I was only, of... I started as a smaller shareholder though in the beginning. Oh. And then over the course of time, I became a larger shareholder. And for most of the time at Gazelle, I had a full, a 50% partner, but I bought her out a couple of years ago. Oh, now it's mine. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank great. You. A lot of people in the nine to five world, it's a scary move. They know a lot of benefits, but it's the stuff to hear from other people is that a lot of people fail. They don't take that step because of that self-belief. What would you say to someone in a job, for example, that may want to get into entrepreneurship? What could you share with them to make their decision easier? Go for it. Uh -huh, I like it. Go for it. Because that's the thing about decisions. If you make yeah. them, then you can make another one and change it. It's just about making the decision and doing it. I would, I would have a very hard time working in an organization for someone else. I would at this point in yeah. my life and having done Same this here. for such a long time. You, you have the ability to, to frame your own destiny, really. And yeah. the decisions that you make are your decisions. So you live and yeah. die by the decisions that you make. It's on you. Mm, yes. you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about what other people think about the politics of an organization. You're just, it's just you and you rely on yeah. you and you build uh -huh. a team. And I think it's a wonderful way of life. Yeah. And that's a really good point about decisions and the most successful people in the world make quick decisions. If mm -hmm. they change them at all, they change them very slowly, but they're quick at making decisions because they know exactly where they're going. But a lot of people have trouble making decisions because the faith part, the belief in their capabilities is lacking. So by you saying that, just go for it. I know someone in the audience heard that and they might be sitting on an idea and you just woke them up. So it's wonderful. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing about decisions. You just have yeah. to make them. Make a decision. Yeah. Do some, just yeah. make a decision. Yeah. It doesn't have to be yeah. correct. It's just correct yeah. for that time. And then yeah. you work with that. And yeah. if it's it, yeah. if it was incorrect, then you change it. That's another decision. So mm. you just have to, and I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I always make the right decisions or I always pivot yeah. at the right time. I don't. Yeah. But, but you go for that, it. Yes. And yes. That's the key. That's the key right there. And we met a few times already. You have this very strong energy about you when it comes to business. You're very optimistic, very passionate about what you do. That's the, that's what I get from you. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you had to create or is that something that you always had? Or was it because your business was just taking off so quickly, you went with the ride and you just said, oh, this is beautiful. Let's go with it. It wasn't, it doesn't always go well. 
That's the thing. Okay. Every year is not, they're not always one success after another. They're not. Yeah. Uh, it's businesses. It has its ups and downs. I think the most important thing we work. So we spend so many hours working for a living. Mm -hmm. This is what we do mm -hmm. with our time. We spend so many hours at it. So I think the mm -hmm. most important thing is that you enjoy what you do. So otherwise you're just, your days are yeah. miserable. So, so I think, important. Yeah. It means everything to enjoy what you do. Yeah. And I think yeah. that we can all find enjoyment in parts of what we do. And I truly believe that's a really good reason to become an entrepreneur because yeah. you have to enjoy what you do. And then when you have difficult times, you have mm -hmm. the wherewithal to get through them. Yes. That's when we work with entrepreneurs or business owners or anyone that's trying to go ahead. We always instill in them that belief or that falling in love with what you do. Cause when you fall in love with each moment and what you do in that moment, the work doesn't remain work anymore. It just becomes a part of you. You enjoy going for a walk so much that you'll do it any time in the day, the same way if you're creating content, meeting customers, if you're in love with it, it won't feel like work anymore. You're just, yeah, let's go. And that makes yes. a huge impact on the numbers. Yes. It means everything. Yeah. If you enjoy yeah. what you're doing, it means everything. It enables yeah. you to, to make the hard decisions because yeah. you enjoy what you're doing. Awesome. So can you share with us what your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? Oh gosh, that's a really difficult question. It's okay. My Take innermost your time. superpower. Wow. I, I believe that I'm a sort of a wanderlust at heart. And I think that my joy um, finding new places to visit, new people to meet was an integral part in the success of what we do for a living. That interest in the world, in the global aspect of the business that we have, mm -hmm. I think I think that really solidified my curiosity and enabled me to really go for it. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to be mm -hmm. to meet people from other places to hear about their way of life. Yes. I, I most, amazing. I have to say I did enjoy it years and years ago more than today because years and years ago we actually had to go to the places that we were interviewing. So more fun. It's more fun. Yes. It's much more fun to yeah. meet people in other countries, yeah. to work with them, to see how they work, to yeah. visit their workplace to see how they conduct business, to understand their culture. Yeah. That really was a driver for me early on in, in my in my career. But it's a, it's also curiosity. I think it's curiosity. You you just want to learn more, want to see more, want to do more. That kind mm -hmm. that I think that's basically curiosity is the superpowers. Awesome. One last thing. Can you share any kind of recommendation or suggestion to a fellow entrepreneur or business owner they could do to help them grow their business as you have some kind of a strategy or something that comes to mind that you can share that can provide value to a fellow entrepreneur. I have a few tips that I would, okay. I would like to share. Sure. Um, sure. One of them is, Hire a good accountant. 
first and foremost, get a, have a good accountant. Whether good. if you just have a bookkeeper or you do your own books, hire an accounting firm to help okay. you, to guide you, to okay. offer that kind of support because it's absolutely necessary. The other thing I would say is join an association in your industry, become a mentor or ask to be mentored by someone who's, Mentee, um, yeah. who's in your, your industry. I think that's hugely important. And I also suggest being a part of, a, of an association or group where you can share thoughts, share questions, share thoughts. We have one in our industry that I'm very involved in called WIRE, Women in Research. And we have a Slack channel and we can just go on the Slack channel and just Amazing. talk to one another about questions or issues. And people are very generous with their time. I think that's the other thing to, Good. to recognize that if you become a part of an association or a group in, an, in any industry, the people who are a part of that are very willing to help, to offer suggestions, to mm -hmm. mentorships. I think those are the most important things okay. because Good. you need that support. Very good. Appreciate that, Anne. Thank you so much for honoring us on the show with your information because I'm hoping it's going to help people that are in business because obviously you've created quite a success for yourself. You've been in business for so long. It's definitely important. The work that you're doing now, going on podcasts, sharing that message was for your own business as well, but you're also helping other people that are in business and any kind of business. So that goes a long way. So I appreciate your time and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much yeah. for the conversation. I appreciate it. And thank you for allowing me to talk to the people who listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. It's truly an honor. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure and my pleasure. Audience, thank you once again for joining us. Anne's information will be in the show notes. You can definitely take a look at her content online, what they're doing. And if you have an area where you need help, you should definitely check in with her. She can provide value if it's needed. I appreciate you guys helping us grow. We continue to grow and obviously we couldn't do it without you. So appreciate it very much. I know I say that every episode, but I really mean it. That's why I say it. So thank you. Thank you.